Hi everyone, you're listening to Something Real. On this week's Something to Think About, we are previewing this Sunday's message, which is called Proclaimed. And the basic idea here is that the word of the Lord endures forever. And as you can imagine, there's a lot to unpack there and a lot to discuss. So we're going to get into that on Tuesday's episode. But for now, here's a little teaser and be sure to tune in on Sunday to hear the full message. So, uh, before we, so, so before we, uh, started recording here, uh, I asked you what we were talking about this week and you said it was, we per- don't really know. We, we don't just, really know. We're winging it. it. You suggested that it was perhaps one of the most confusing passages in the Bible. At least for me. Um, well then it, I'm sure well, over time there has probably, I mean, there are plenty of confusing verses statements that are made that it's like what in the world is that true that and and there are several there are some in the psalms some in proverbs uh some of the proverbs i'm like man i gotta wrestle with that because i don't get it uh some of the things in zechariah and some of the some mm-hmm. of the prophets i'm like you can't say that in the bible what is happening here so you know some of the things that that the prophets did mm-hmm. you know preaching naked you know things like that i'm like what is happening? I, I can't let my kids read this Bible. It's too much. Um, but this one is it's always... It's PG-13 Bible. <laughs> well, it, it really is. There's some R-rated stuff in there, you know, that's tempered in the translation. Right. Uh, and, and it's not... I, I I shouldn't be misleading. Right. There are, God is not salacious, but he deliberately, particularly in the prophetic writings, uh, and when I, I don't mean apocalyptic writings, I mean the prophets to Israel and Judah. When they are condemning... Israel's sin, mm-hmm. the harlotry of of the heart of Israel. They use terminology picture, right. of harlotry, right, and so right, right. there is some very explicit and great. It's interesting that God uses very um, offensive. Uh, we would deem it inappropriate, uh, coarse. Uh, R-rated kind of language. You're making a face right now, and that's exactly the kind it, it, of... That's how it feels. Right, right. I mean, I remember reading it for the first time, like, oh my gosh, I'm embarrassed to right. be reading this. Right. My mom's going to catch me reading the Bible. You know, this is this is not a good thing. And that's the point. And it really is. But he uses that in condemnation of sin. Right, exactly. He right. doesn't ever use salacious language in talking about the beauty of sexuality and right. marriage and right. family. There's a dramatic difference. Don't there's, get it twisted. There's a dirtiness... Right. In sin, there is nothing dirty about sex within the covenant that God created. Right. So anyway, I went off on that tangent. I'm sorry. But anyway, as we're talking about the the confusing verses or things that can be um, hard to deal with, we we dealt with that in the first part of chapter. Right. 16. I was going to say last week I was a little bit of that. Yeah. As we're as we're looking at Jesus talking about this dishonest manager, this shrewd manager we can we can focus in on the dishonesty he wants us to focus in on the shrewdness not the dishonesty mm-hmm. he uses that as a contrast between the world and the people of light but this uh this idea of being purposeful and strategic is laudable now as we're dealing with this he, he in the very next thing and, and there's there's no break in the original there is in most of our translations uh, the, the breaks are at different places in some of the translations because it's not in the original. And that includes the paragraphs themselves. The right. you know, Greek doesn't have paragraphs the same way. Hebrew doesn't have paragraphs the same way. So we're 
it's the nature of our translation. We have to use the, the mechanisms of our language to convey another language and using the mechanisms of all of these languages to, conv to convey divine concepts, divine principles that God's putting forth. So we are inherently limited by language always. Anyway, in verse 16, verse number is also not there. We added those two. As, um, it, it's a continuation of what Jesus is saying to the Pharisees. So he's been telling this parable to his disciples. Verse 14, the Pharisees who are there hearing him give this parable to his disciples. At one point he's talking to the Pharisees, then turns to the crowd, then turns to his disciples. They're listening in on it. And, and verse 14 says, the Pharisees who love money heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. He said to them, you are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others, but God knows your hearts. What people value highly is detestable in God's sight. The law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached, and everyone is forcing their way into it. It is easier for heaven and earth to disappear than for the least stroke of a pen to drop out of the law. Anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery, and the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Then he goes into this parable about a rich man and Lazarus, and I don't know whether we're going to get to that this week or not. It's going to depend on how things build out the rest of the week in this section. Um, but... Uh, the, but it all runs together. So there's this, this greater context of the, of the teachings that we see here. And again, you mentioned this previously. These pages are filled with red letters, right. for, which is also added and not in the original. Uh, some people think that, that the red letters are inspired. They're not. That's an editor's choice. Right. So in some things, the newer edition of the NIV has portions that are not red that it had read in the 84 edition mm. because scholarship you know, looking at it, well, maybe that wasn't Jesus. Maybe that was John talking about what Jesus just said, whereas we thought it was what Jesus said. There, when we add those red letters and it isn't explicitly stated, then it can be confusing sure. to us. So anyhow, without getting caught up in all of that stuff, what we do see is that this next whole portion from uh, 16 verse 14 to 17 verse 1 seems to all be directed at the Pharisees. Okay. Luke says, the Pharisees, he said to them. And then it continues as one, one sort of a, a monologue here from Jesus until 17 verse 1 when Jesus said to his disciples. And then he talks gotcha. to them specifically. Okay. So that helps shape our understanding of it. When we understand it that way, then we can see also there's a tone. There's, you, know, you can imagine easily the tone of voice that Jesus has in responding to the Pharisees who are sneering at him. Mm -hmm. So he rebukes them, saying, you're the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others. God knows your hearts. What people value highly is detestable in God's sight. There's no difficulty for us in light of what we had seen Jesus talking to, to his uh, disciples. They butt in with their sneering, and he rebukes them. Mm -hmm. Easy to catch that tone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then because we put in headings and we put in artificial separations here, it's easy for us to let that tone shift as if Jesus isn't still talking to them. So we need to, as we're looking at this, find this overall context and see how that tone might carry into the rest of it. He's speaking to them in rebuke. Then from that rebuke comes this thought. <clears throat> Again, it doesn't really matter whether... <clears throat> excuse me, for, for what God is intending in the writing. It doesn't really matter whether um, Jesus said this all at the same time or Luke is compiling it, it as right. a composite. Right. Either way, God's inspiring Luke's pen. Luke is putting this together to make this, this 
bigger concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that it is, he is recording what Jesus said, even if he's drawing you know, a piece from here, a piece from there, and putting it together. <clears throat> Either way, we see that tone carry into it. Then he's talking to them about the law and the prophets. And the, the verse that's always been confusing to me is verse 16, that uh, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached and everyone is forcing their way into it. Some translations say, um, you know, pressing into it, taking it by force. There, there's, um, there's a, a sense of violence. There's a sense of, uh, um, uh, I guess, a, attack to a certain extent. Uh, and there are a variety, uh, trying to get insight into this, reading different commentaries and study Bibles, there are a variety of takes on where that's actually going. Is that talking about the popularity of the gospel that everybody wants into it? You know, we see the crowds crushing right. against Jesus. Is that what he's talking about, this pressing in, that, um, that since the gospel has been proclaimed, everybody wants a part of this, they want to get in, mm-hmm. and, they're, and, and it seems to almost be saying, that they're throwing away the law. They want to come in, and we see that today in evangelicalism. That's right. a huge problem for us in the U.S. People want Jesus on their terms. Right. We want we want God without holiness. We want to get all the rewards of heaven without having to die. You know, right. we, we want to have all that stuff. And he's saying it's, it's easier for heaven and earth to disappear, for all of creation to disappear, for the, the laws of physics to go away. <clears throat> then for the least stroke of a pen, uh, another translation say for one tittle of the law to, to go away um, because this is eternal. And he gives the example of anyone who divorces his wife marries another woman commits adultery and the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. He's saying here, look, whether that was an issue for them, whether he's you know, grabbing somebody's attention because they were personally going through it, I don't, I don't really know that. Um, but what we do know looking at it on the face of it is he's saying one way or another the law and the prophets were there the gospel is being preached now but the law of god still applies this is the this the principles of the kingdom have never changed from before and we're about to have a new covenant mm-hmm. as he gives his life for it but it's not because the the demands of god have changed the standards of god have changed it's not like we had an angry god in the old testament and now we've got a nice right. happy passive god in the new testament just the opposite, but God appeases his own righteous wrath through Christ. So uh, some some think that the this is saying that the kingdom is under attack. Some think that it's speaking of people um, maligning the kingdom, maligning the gospel. Uh, others think that it's people trying to take hold of the benefits of the of Christianity, what we might see now as cultural Christianity. Um, and I honestly. <laughs> I don't really know. I'm going to have a great adventure this week as I wrestle with this because I don't really know what the right take is at this point. So it, it's it's an exciting it's a good thing. thing. We're not discussing it. <laughs> it's an exciting thing for me sure, yeah. to be on the adventure of seeing things that I don't fully understand. Well, but cool. I got to understand them before we get to Sunday. That's true, because I sure don't understand. <laughs> All right. Well, then we have a lot to look forward to. And uh, be sure to uh, tune into the Sunday sermon if I ever post them on time. And then we'll get into a deeper discussion about this next week. But I already have a feeling we're going to have a lot to talk about and probably a lot of questions. So that's always I have a, some right now. That's so always a good thing. Just hold them, hold them off. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. <laughs>